Jesus, be with me today. Uh, I need your help. Take these words and um, put your spirit of revelation upon them. Amen. Uh, so, I'm Johan, if you don't know who I am, uh, and we have been doing a series called The Supernatural Church. I believe that God has called us uh, as a church, not us, Redemption Hills, but us as Christians to be part of a church that is supernatural in nature. Uh, because we represent his kingdom, which is supernatural in nature. And so we've been exploring this topic uh, for the last few weeks. And we started out on the first week, we're talking about God's love, because if we don't have a foundation of love, we're wasting our time. And then last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that's that combination of God's love and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and in that, he manifests through us in um, what we have traditionally called in the church, the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to have a look this morning. Uh, the main passage we're going to be sort of referring back to is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. We'll read through that now. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we all get to benefit from it. It's not just uh, for you and your little whatever world, but we all get to benefit as we come together and, and meet as a church. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, individually as he wills. Now, these, this is the passage where we in church, uh, especially charismatic church, get our understanding um, of what we have traditionally called the gifts of the Spirit. But to call them a gift actually uh, can lead to a misunderstanding and you'll notice that the word gift is not in that particular passage, but it does crop up a few other times in reference to the things of the supernatural. Um, now, when we started coming here to Redemption Hills, Fiona and I had been teaching a course, and we still teach a course. It's called Activate, and, uh, and so it'll be available um, maybe next year. I don't know when we'd feel... When, yeah, the bookshop after the service. Pick up a coffee. No. <laughs> and... And so we've been teaching this stuff for a few years, and we go into a bit more depth, and, and, um, and we have some activity time where we can work it out and things, things which are a, a little less awkward to do when we're meeting together like this. And, uh, and so we were telling Russ about that, and, and we said, yeah, no, we, we've got this course, we do the gifts of the Spirit, and Russ says, you know, the manifestations, they're not gifts. And, uh, and I sort of didn't think much of it, and I just sort of kept this understanding. But every time I say it, Russ would quietly say, you know, they're, um, they're not gifts, they're manifestations. Until I suddenly, one day I thought, you know what, he keeps saying that. Maybe it's something important I need to have a look at. <laughs> it's more accurate to call the things that we just talked about, it's actually more accurate to call them a manifestation of the Spirit. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, what's the difference between a gift and a manifestation? Well, if I give someone a gift, so if I give my wife a gift, no one has the gift unless, well, she doesn't have the gift unless I give it to her. Makes sense, doesn't it? 
But a manifestation is not a gift. A manifestation is an evidence of something that's inside of you. So to call what the Holy Spirit does through us a gift can imply that it's something that you have been given and that you own. But you don't own it. All you are doing is revealing God who is already in you. And that is the difference. A manifestation is an evidence or a showing forth of something that a person already has. So there are spiritual gifts. So you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but I thought there were spiritual gifts. Yes, there are spiritual gifts. You're correct. Um, but they are, not, they are different to manifestations. So the, the most important spiritual gift that we have is the Holy Spirit. He is our spiritual gift. And he is given to us. And, uh, and there's some, also there's some God-given ministries. So we have um, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, uh, five of those different sort of gifts, if you like, and they are a gift that God gives to his church. And there's also the gift of salvation. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So yes, he gives us things. He is a generous father. And he gives us gifts. But the nine manifestations in Corinthians are not gifts. They're not yours to have. The Holy Spirit manifests them as he chooses in each believer. And we read that in that passage. Because the problem is when you think it's a gift, it can cause you to be spiritually passive. Instead of realizing that God can manifest any one of those nine through you at any, at any time or any moment, some people think, oh, well, you only get one, right? You, you, just, you get given the gift or you, you'll give me the gift of tongues when you're ready. And um, th- this is something that I actually suffered under for years and years and years. And, uh, and if, if you're thick like me and didn't get it, then hopefully you're going to get some freedom here in this place today. You know, I grew up in the church. I grew up in charismatic church. But I didn't understand that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and manifests through us. I thought, well, these are gifts, right? So I'll wait till I get given it. And I didn't speak in tongues. And everyone around me spoke in tongues. I was even in ministry. I was a youth pastor and I didn't speak in tongues. And, And I'm waiting for the moment that God gives me the gift of tongues. Where's my gift? Where's my gift? I want the gift of tongues. And I'm waiting to, to, to this holy hand to reach out of heaven and give me this package, you know, that I can unwrap. And, oh, now I've got the gift of tongues. And if we have that mindset, we can actually, uh, we can, it stops us from stepping into the things that God has for us. If we think that we're waiting to get given something, God is actually waiting to reveal himself through us, to make himself manifest. So it's not a matter of me waiting to receive something, but a matter of me releasing something that is already in me. One day I was putting out some chairs, um, getting ready for the service, and I suddenly thought, you know, this is stupid. I'm just going to speak in tongues. And that's when I started speaking in tongues. Because it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that I was waiting for someone, God to give me the gift of it. It was a matter of me releasing the Holy Spirit, which was already in me, manifesting him. Now it says also in that passage in Corinthians that it's the same spirit 
that um, is the source of all of the manifestations. And that means when we come together, that there's a synergy that happens as the Spirit moves through each of us. And we each bring a part and, and we each have a part to play in the service and we bring a picture of what God is doing. And it's really beautiful. Now, the... Um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, so I said that's our greatest gift. He gives us the Holy Spirit. We can't detect the Holy Spirit with our five senses. The Spirit is, by nature, spirit. Does this make sense? I'm trying to keep it simple for you guys. You're looking at me blankly. Uh, <laughs> because the Spirit lives in us through faith. Like We believe he's there. We don't necessarily feel him we can feel him but we don't have to feel him to know that he's there talked about this last week if you missed it podcast but the gift of the holy spirit in us can be brought forth into evidence and the process of that is manifestation now the word manifestation we're going to get a bit nerdy today in the greek is phanerosis and i'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly but none of you know what how to pronounce it either so that's fine. Uh, and that word means to cause something to be fully known by revealing clearly and in some detail, to make known, to make plain, to reveal, to bring to the light, to disclose or revelation. This means that when we manifest the Holy Spirit, he doesn't manifest inside of us. It's something that is made known, made public, out there to be seen and to be experienced by our five senses. It starts with a belief in what God is doing or saying. That's activated through faith, which is acting on a belief, and becomes a manifestation of the Spirit once it's displayed in public. Now, I'm going to give you a short example here what I mean. This is a chair. Thank you. Now, I can believe that I can stand on this chair and that it will support my weight. I can believe that. I can believe that my whole life. But I might never stand on the chair. And so that belief is, well, in essence, pointless. Or I can believe that this chair will take my weight. Now, when I decide to step on it, I am putting faith in my belief. Faith is an action. Faith is not something you believe. Faith is acting on something you believe. That's why John Wimber says faith is spelled R-A-S-K. There's a possibility that it doesn't take my weight. But I believe it does. And because I believe it does, I'm going to, in faith, take an action. And the result is now manifest for you to see. That's how the Holy Spirit works. We had some people here this morning. Thanks, Christy, for what you shared. Thanks, Darlene, for what you shared. The Holy Spirit spoke to them in the service. Well, they believed that he did. Was it a booming voice from heaven? Did he write it on stone tablets and give it to you? But you believed that you heard him. You stepped out in faith. You walked up the front and you grabbed the microphone. That was an act of faith acting on what they believed they heard. And then it became manifest as we all heard it. And we got a glimpse into what God was doing this morning. He made himself known. 
Isn't that beautiful? And that's manifesting the Spirit. Faith is not some sort of spiritual currency that makes things happen. You know, sort of save it up or earn it or, you know, increase it somehow. All faith does is positions us in a place where God can work through us. It's him that does the stuff. We, faith just positions us where he chooses to use us in that moment. So it starts with, you believe God is doing something, you have faith to walk up the front and grab the mic, or faith to act on that belief, and he is made manifest in that moment, if he's doing that thing. If he's not doing that thing, well, just say something nice. So it's not some weird thing. Um, you know, we can make it weird, and I have seen it being pretty weird. Uh, it can be unusual, and it's meant to be unusual because by nature it's supernatural, and um, that should be unusual. We had a friend in Broome, and he, was, he loved to pray for people to see them get healed, and uh, he was a builder, and he was on the building site one day, and a subby was there limping, or, limping around, and, and he said, oh, mate, can I pray for you? And the subby's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And so he goes over and prays for his knee. And the subby's like, no effing way. What the F did you just do? No effing way. <laughs> so it can be a little unusual. And that's okay. It's meant to be unusual. But um, Fiona and I also once went to a, uh, a church. We won't say when and where and <clears throat> who. Um, but man, it was weird. It was a weird church, and, uh, and I know they exist, and it, you know, it wasn't here, but um, God bless them. But, but, you know, the thing is, when we get really weird with our manifestations, and, and this was what was happening in that, in that service, it was, it's like everyone was trying to out-weird everyone else. It's like, who could be the weirdest? And you know what happened was the focus started to become about the manifestation and not about the source of the manifestation. It really shifted. And so you might feel the urge to manifest God in a weird or unusual way, and that's okay. But if you feel the need to run around the room flapping your arms and clucking like a chicken, expect to explain to us afterwards what God is saying. Because it's given to us for the benefit of all. Does that make sense? Great. All right. And God expects a sense of order. Um, which appeals to me, 1 Corinthians 14, 39 to 40, it says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. So do not forbid to speak. So yeah, be spiritual. Be supernatural. And then the next verse says, Let all things be done decently and in order. Keep your clothes on. <laughs> Great. Done. All right. Now, the, the passage we looked at in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it also has led to a misunderstanding of how manifestations of the Spirit are distributed. And there's been teaching I call the stingy spirit teaching um, or understanding that we just get one, right? So I, I had a prophetic word three years ago. That's, that means I've got that one. I don't get to do any others, right? I've just got the prophetic word one. No, it doesn't mean that at all because it's not ours to have. The Holy Spirit manifests in each one as he needs for whatever situation that he needs to what, at whatever time. Now, we're going to get nerdy again, and we're going to have a look at, I've got a literal Greek translation 
of that passage. Um, and because what happens sometimes is when the Bible gets translated, it gets translated from a theological perspective um, or of, of maybe an already established idea, and it can lose some of the original meaning. So sometimes you have to go back to it. Uh, and if you need to know what that original meaning is, you just ask Russ because he knows it all uh, off by heart. So, so, so a literal translation from the original Greek reads like this. Now the manifestation of the gift of the of Holy Spirit is bestowed upon every man for the collective spiritual profit of everyone in the church. So the gift is the Holy Spirit. We all get the Holy Spirit. It's given to all of us. Thanks, Tony. For one manifestation, word of wisdom truly is brought forth through the gift of Holy Spirit. Another manifestation of the same kind, word of knowledge is brought forth because of the same gift of Holy Spirit. A different type of manifestation, faith, is brought forth because of the same gift of Holy Spirit. Another manifestation of the same kind, the free gift of healing, is brought forth because of the one gift of Holy Spirit. And another manifestation of the same kind, the working of miracles, and another manifestation of the same kind, prophecy, and another manifestation of the same kind, discerning of spirits, and to another manifestation of a different kind, speaking in tongues, and another manifestation of the same kind, the interpretation of tongues. And all these manifestations are the works of that one and the same spirit, which is the essence of God, distributing variety of his or God's own to each man as God wills. So you can see when you read it um, without any theological bias or perspective, the original tr literal translation, it's not saying, well, to one gets this and to one gets this. And, and one person gets this and one person gets this. So that hopefully puts that um, theology, that wrong theology to bed. It's for all of us. And the first verse says that anyway. So. And when we, when we look at this, this translation, this literal translation, it's, we can see where the focus is. We can see the, the topic, the, the focus of the, of the passage is all about the Holy Spirit. When we make it about gifts, we make it about us. We make it about, oh, what, what do I get? Well, I'm the focus. I'm getting one of these things. It's, it's what I can receive or carry. But it's not. It's never about us. It's always about Him, and He reveals Himself, and sometimes He chooses to do it through us. So as we continue, um, we won't read through it, but chapter 12 there it continues to um, talk and explain about how we all have a part to play as we gather. So we've gathered here this morning. We all have a part to play. We're a priesthood of believers. Uh, one person is not more important than the other um, we, because we all carry the Holy Spirit in us. So we each need each other because the Spirit manifests himself in each of us. Now, let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12.31. It says this, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, I want to focus just first just on that word, earnestly desire. Now, what's the um, best, or some translations say greater? Uh, well, that's up to God, because he manifests as he chooses in each believer. So we don't get to decide what's, what's best, we just get to desire what is greater. And, uh, and our task in that is to eagerly desire. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says the same thing but different. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That word gifts is in italics. Um, the, uh, maybe a more accurate translation would be the, the spiritual things of the spirit or spiritual things. But especially that you may prophesy. So 
desire. And now, and the next verse, thanks, Tony. 14, verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. So the point I'm making here is that if God wants us to earnestly desire something or to be passionate about something, that shows that we actually have a part to play in the manifestation of the Spirit. Sometimes back in pre-COVID days, in the olden days, uh, we used to have tea and coffee after the service. And sometimes Steve's lovely wife, Barb, would bring delicious treats for us to eat. And so she might come in with a tray of cream buns and, um, and after the service I would go up salivating and, and she would have them behind the counter so no one could get hold of them. And I, no, this, I'm just making this up. But she would say, I, I would say, Barb, can I have a cream bun? And she would say, yes, and give me one. Because I've desired that. And my desire has led me to ask something. We've got some uh, neighbours with little kids. And they come and visit us sometimes. The kids come over and visit us um, when their parents want a break, I think. And, <laughs> and they come in. And, and the, the kids run into the house. And they look around. And they see my stash of lollies on the bench. And they look at it and go, oh, can I have one of those? Because they've seen it, they've desired it, and they've asked for it. And I think there's something really beautiful about God wanting us to desire something so much that we ask Him for it. And, and we heard um, Darlene just testify that this morning. It's like, ask. Ask Him for something. He loves it when we ask. Um, what things should we ask for? In Matthew chapter 6, 31 It says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The word seek there in the Greek is called um, zeteo, I think. And it means this. To seek, to search for, to crave. It's present tense, active voice, imperative mood, which means that it's a command we should be continually doing. To be craving first, to be eagerly desiring something. And what is that thing? It's the kingdom of God. We know, um, because I told you all last week, the kingdom of God is something that's supernatural in nature. In John 14, chapter 12, John 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus is saying, you're going to be supernatural. Why? Because I'm going to heaven, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, and whatever you ask in my name, in the context of us being supernatural, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So we can pay, play a part in seeing God manifest through us. When we desire him, when we want to see him move, we can say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? What are you doing in this moment? When you're in a situation and you see a need or you see something that only God can help with, do you just stand there and wait for the angels to descend and you know you get the the instructions on a carved piece of stone and, oh, yeah, okay, now I'll, now I'll step out and, and deliver something. Or do you say, 
God, I know, you, I know you're a good God. I know you have compassion in your heart for the lost. I know you want to draw all men unto you. Show me what you want to say to this person. Show me what you want to give to this person and manifest it through me that I can be part of your plan in their life. We can ask, and that's okay. My, um, my life lesson in this, I suppose, is when... Um, uh, some years ago, Fee and I were visiting WA, and we went to. There's a big church there. Um, you might, some of you might know, it's called Victory Life, and they were having a conference. And a friend of ours is sort of a travelling minister, and he was talking at that conference. So we thought, well, let's go along to the night session, and we'll hear him talk and say good day. So we went along to the night session, and no one really knew us. We sort of went in, and um, and he saw us and came over, and he says, "Oh, good to see you, and how are you going?" And then he looks at me and he says. I might get you up to prophesy over everyone today. You, you, you're up for it? And, and inside I'm saying, no. And I, and I felt myself saying, yeah, 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 no worries. <laughs> and for the rest of the, uh, you know, we sat down and started worshiping. And I'm like, God, what are you saying? 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 <laughs> and you know what? He gave me all this stuff, what he's saying over that church. And it was just beautiful. And I started to really engage. And now I didn't get called up, thank, thankfully. And he didn't call me up to prophesy that. But it just showed me that if we actually take the time to ask, he is talking. If we're waiting for the, the angelic chorus and you know, the, the, all the stars to align, then you might be waiting some time. He does, he does speak that way. Don't get me wrong. But you can actually speak to him every day. He can talk to you every day. And you can walk in the Spirit every day. He wants us to. Jeremiah 33 Three, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the source of everything. Help us in all things to always give you glory. We thank you that we would be open for you to manifest through us that we wouldn't look at these things as gifts and things that we um, own or take control of, but we would look at ourselves as a vessel for your purpose, to manifest yourself the way that you choose for whatever situation, and that we would be hungry to see you using us, that we would, be, we would desire to see you moving through us, that we, the world around us would be impacted for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.